All right, guys, welcome back in to another PGA DFS video. Going to be getting into the Sony Open, really everything. We're going to be doing the deep dive. Um, I mentioned this on the first video for the Century Tournament of Champions that we're going to do one deep dive video to start off the week in which kind of I can make some smaller form content off of that. So we're going to be touching on everything here. We're going to give you guys kind of the preview, the recap of last week. Uh, you know, what are going to be the key stats? You know, who has the best course history? Going to touch on core plays, best bats going to touch on other things like um, shoulder shrug plays, the fades, uh, potentially a first round leader that I like. So we're going to be covering it all here for you guys, uh, giving you everything that you need. So let's just get into it. I do like to start off with the recap of the previous week. So last week was a pretty good week to start off, uh, uh, you know, 2022 pretty much. Uh, Cam Smith was a top 10 play in the nine to five model. After the first round, he was the player most likely to win uh, which was awesome to see him go out and win. A lot of people were able to use Cam Smith on shutdown slates to have a good week as well. Um, and it was an interesting thing. So I posted a strategy video and it was, I kind of timed it up specifically because round two was coming up. Round two is one of the easiest like DFS slates to cash and or at least have a push weekend. A push week to me is pretty much when you win back 90% of what you put in or you like win back 110%, not that much. And with that, we had uh, a guy in 95 Nation take down a GPP in round two. That was pretty awesome. It was like calling our shot, and someone won. And then uh, round four, a uh, longtime member of 95 as well took down a showdown as well. He split it, but it was still a showdown takedown. And my goal to start the year was to have a 95 Nation supporter there. Uh, take down a shutdown GPP uh, three times a month. And so one tournament, and, and we already got two. I mean, that's freaking awesome. I uh, just kind of recapping a little bit more as well. Um, so the bats, the bats had an average finish in 9.2. Um, all of them finished in the top 25. Uh, top 10 in the model did really well. Um, obviously, Cam Smith won. That one had an average finish of under 10. Uh, top 12 in the 9 to 5 player pool had an average finish of 11.8. If we were just look at the core, high exposure and mid exposure plays, aka you take out the risky plays or the value plays that, you know, on this slate we were kind of forced to play in which, you know, we typically wouldn't want to. They had an average finish of 8.8. .8. So everything was really kind of checking all the boxes there. Talk about Seamus Power, who's a core play. He ended up finishing top 12 in fantasy points scored. Um, and then the other core plays, uh, Colin Morikawa, JT, and then. Oh, shoot, I'm drawing a blank. Colin Morikawa, JT. I'm going to have to look this up here real quick, guys. I apologize. I don't know how I'm drawing a blank. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> what the heck? Uh, let's see here. Oh, Sanjay M, of course. Sanjay M, great play. Second best pick in the 95 model. And then Patrick Hanley. I faded Patrick Hanley for some reason. I don't know why, but he was the top player in the 95 model. Ended up you know, doing well. I was just kind of worried about him with his first tournament back and also being the top prize player on the slate. But one thing I do want to mention is that, you know, those – no cut events. They are high variance, especially when they're going to be that high scoring. You know, nailed it that this week, but it was pretty much like uh, NBA DFS site in which uh, you have all flames on your lineup when you pull it up on the DK app and you have all flames going and you don't like dominate or you don't even cash. That's kind of what it was like last week. It was just a lot higher variance just due to how easy scoring it was. And obviously we're not going to see that every week. So, you know, if you didn't have a good week, well, it's going to get better pretty much is how that goes. Uh, but just touching on some other things here real quick as well. Um, ownership leverage tool was very spot on and it got a love, a lot of love on Twitter. And I do appreciate that. That was cool to see, but really out of the players that were in the top 10, the only players that you wouldn't have gained leverage on were Bryson and Jordan speed. 
and you know they didn't do horrible but i mean that was pretty awesome obviously cam smith top 10 patrick cantley was there john Rahm was there uh son jane was there so a lot of players that you could have gained leverage on there and then some other players that obviously you shouldn't have been on as much in comparison to how they were projected to do uh brooks kapka patrick reed you know a bunch of players that did not do as well and then one thing i want to point out as well just before we really dive down into it DraftKings with their showdown adjusted to the nine to five model pretty much it was very weird to say to see um it, it does slightly worry me with the showdown stuff there um i might have to change kind of my formula and whatnot a little bit just to adjust for DraftKings adjusting so like Colin Markawa was the top pick in round three he ended up finishing pretty good like minus eight i think but he was the highest priced player on the slate justin thomas was continually high priced even though these guys weren't uh, position that well and typically DraftKings had done um, pretty much DK scoring based on how they were positioned so maybe that was a one-off thing because you know century tournament champions a lot more eyes on it and they just want to get salaries out but very interesting thing there something we're going to have to monitor there um, but shout out to DK I mean they're getting they're getting good with their stuff um, but that's really all I have for kind of the recap of last week fun uh, tournament last week uh, good stuff I'm excited to get into uh, this week so we have the Sony Open. And the Sony Open is going to be played at Wailele Country Club. It's a Seth Reiner course design. It is a shorter track. So the course length is, you know, nearly under 7K, which is pretty short. But it is a par 70 course. Okay, so, you know, a lot of par 4s, um, shorter track. Going to be some long irons in there as well. But uh, the greens are going to be Bermuda greens, course style, seaside course, pretty easy there. It is a full tournament field event, which gets me very excited um, and then the average winning score is going to be 17.8 under par, which, you know, pretty interesting there for me as well. Um, so just getting to the basic strategy for this tournament, it is going to be, well, one, we have some soft pricing. Okay, so that kind of makes the door wide open for your lineup approach this week. But I kind of think that the best approach with kind of soft pricing is always just go with the fair balanced approach. There are some players in the 7K range that, they're all kind of the same plays, but they're all pretty good plays. Like, they should all make the cut. So, I think it'll be a little bit easier to get five out of six, six out of six across the cut line. So, um, fair and balance, I think, is going to be, you know, the better, the best approach. Now, two things here. Last week's players should do better this week, okay? But I also don't want you to overreact to last week's results as well. It was a no-cut event. You don't really know the mentality of the players going into a no-cut event like that. But... Typically speaking, players that played the previous week are more likely to make the cut this week. One, you know, they don't travel. <laughs> You're not worried about them like partying or anything or losing their clubs or whatnot. They get a little bit more prep time in there. So, you know, those players typically do a little bit better in terms of making the cut. So you can use those players that were, you know, at the Century Tournament Champions as a 50-50 decision makers. All right, so getting to the key stats for this week, one surprising key stat to me was actually par five scoring. And the reason why it's surprising is that there are only two par fives. But in terms of players that struggled, the players that struggled the most did not score in the par fives. And uh, it was the third most key stat in terms of players that had success. And I think that comes down to the fact that the par fives are both very scorable. They, sh they are short tracks. You can reach it into, you can make eagles there. Um, so pretty much you're going to have to shoot like minus eight or so on those par fives to have a solid week. And that being said, one of them is a little bit risk reward. So like if you are struggling off the tee and you hit one out of bounds, that's you're losing ground on the field pretty much. 
Um, I was just really shocked that that one was popping up. But if we look at ball striking, that's going to be a key stat, and then birdie or better percentage. So we're going to be wanting to look at those ball strikers. We're going to be wanting to look at those players that can go out and score. And then strokes gain, tee to green. Uh, And then, as always, I do like to look at that 9-to-5 effective scoring stat there. Um, You know, a lot of the top staff fits here this week are not all too shocking. Uh, We see Sanjay M., Cam Smith, uh, Corey Connors, Hideki, Taylor Gooch, Mark Lushman, uh, Russell Henley's, uh, Webson's and Billy Ho, and then Maverick McNeely. So no really any shocks there. Let me get into the best course history here thus far. Uh, we can see Brennan Steele popping up there. Brennan Steele has actually played really impressive here over the last two years with two top five finishes, which, you know, kind of a little bit shocking to me. And we got Webson's in a fourth, a third, and a fourth. I mean, just excellent course history. Graham McDowell had a fourth. Uh, Nick uh, Billy Horschel had a seventh place finish in his last start in the last four years. Nick Hardy, 14th, and then uh, CEH, just four straight make cuts. Uh, Corey Connors, three straight. Uh, Mark Leishman, four straight. So a lot of top-end players here doing well. And then Cam Smith, a previous winner here, four straight make cuts in a row. So we got a lot of quality names in this field, and it, it's something that does get me excited for this week. But now let's get into what you guys all came here. Let's get into the top picks for this week. So as always, I'm going to be covering you know the top plays based on the pricing tier. So I'm going to highlight the top four players in each pricing tier. we got the high tier, the mid tier, the low tier, and the value tier. Um, high tier, you know, 12K to 9K. Uh, mid tier is going to be 8K to 9K. Uh, low tier, you know, 7K to 8K. And then value tier is everyone left over. So um, I kind of like doing it this way because you can really kind of gauge your player pool and kind of see the natural lineup path. And you're just going to make better lineup decisions when you're doing it this way. So let's just start it off here. We're going to start off on the high end. Uh, let's get into it. All right. So getting into the top players in the high tier price point range, I narrowed it down to the top four players. Uh, to me, you know, I really do love Webb Simpson this week. Webb Simpson just has tremendous course history. I mean, a fourth, a third, and a fourth place finish. A lot of people might be worried about Webb Simpson with his recent form, which is a good worry. I'll pull him up here on the player uh, tournament log here just so we can see his kind of course, not course history, but recent form. So Webb Simpson with his recent form you know, has been a little bit shaky, I guess. Eighth. Uh, didn't do too well. The CJ Cup 14th, that's fine. Uh, the Shriners was kind of, I don't want to say it was a predictable miscut, but he had been struggling, especially in round one, kind of just getting off to slow starts. So eventually he was going to have a miscut. Since then, I haven't worried about him. And, you know, Arson Classic, a sixth or eighth place finish, that is leading me to believe that he's going to be a solid pick once again this week. It was just kind of one of those things where kind of need to get the monkey off his back, you know, kind of grinding some make cuts out there. And he, he missed the cut at the Shriners. And now I think he's kind of just ready to go. Uh, we can see just a solid pick overall, you know, 20th in recent form going back to that miscut at the Shriners. But other than that, 11th best stat fit, second best course history. If we were like more long-term, yeah, he would have the best course history. And then seventh best pick in the nine to five mile. I think it's going to be a great pick. And then Sunjay M. So we're, Sunjay M, you know, he's just such a consistent golfer. 14 straight make cuts in a row. And look at the key stats. I mean, that's insane. Top 15 or better in all the key stats that we're looking at this week. I mean, you really can't get any better than that. And then look at his last three starts. Eighth last week, 19th at the Houston, eighth at the Mayakoba, already won. The only worry with him is kind of this lackluster uh, course history, a 56 last year. You know, we can write that off just due to the fact that uh, 21st and a 16th place finish. So it's kind of, when I see that, it's more or less, hey, at least he made the cut. So three straight make cuts in a row, 
Love that. Checking all the boxes this week. Sun James is going to be a great pick. But then we have Mark Leishman priced a little bit cheaper. A fourth, a 28th, a third, and a 47th. Also has been making a ton of cuts. Eight straight make cuts in a row for him. Top 50 or better in all the key stats that we're looking at. I really like that. 10th last week, 19th at the Houston Open. We look at kind of him as well. He's another player. Checking all the boxes. Ninth best stat fit. Uh, eighth in course history rank. Fourth in recent form rank. Third best pick in the 9-5 to five model as well. And then we get into Corey Connors. Corey Connors is kind of one of the reasons why I think it's a little bit softer. We can get Corey Connors, who arguably could have been the highest-priced player on the slate, and I don't think anyone would have thought any different about it. A 12th and a 3rd place finish here, and a 39th place finish. So three straight make cuts here in a row over the last four years. You know, pretty solid stat fit. I guess the reason why he might not have been priced up as high, 107th in par 5 scoring, but solid overall. Sixth best in ball striking, 36 in birdie or better percentage. He's just a consistent cut maker. Ace trade make cuts in a row. Just spectacular uh, recent form there from Corey Connors. I think he is going to be a stellar pick for everyone this week. All right, so dropping down now into the mid-tier price point range, I'm going to highlight four players and also put in the comment section who you think is going to be the core play out of this section. And it's actually not a player that I highlighted in here. So kind of a hint, hint there. Uh, I'm kind of curious to see if anyone will get this before we get into the core plays at the end of this video. But let's get into it. So Russell Henley, I just really like just for the fact that the guy has been really a hit or miss target for the past you know, calendar year. Uh, the reason why he's hit or miss is because we look at his course history. I mean, 11th. Uh, miscut 66 100 okay that just kind of happens with him that's kind of who he is as a golfer it's like you can never really trust him for a make cut Emiliano Grillo is kind of a similar player where you never really want to play him in cash but you always want a little bit of them in GPPs just due to that upside that they can have we can see his last you know two starts 22nd and seventh place finish that's really good uh top 25 in ball striking and birdie or better percentage and top 12 in strokes getting to the green the only worry I guess is you know not scoring as much on the par fives once again only two Take it with a grain of salt, but still top 20 play in the nine to five mile, like the upside with him. Obviously it's a risky play, so don't go crazy with it. I think kind of same could be said for Maverick McNeely there. Maverick McNeely has been playing really well. Uh, four straight make cuts on tour here. Um, stat rate, stat rank, top 15 stat rank, uh, recent form rank, top 15, uh, top eight in the nine to five mile. The only issue, no course history. I would love to see him have some uh, course history. Uh, that being said, you know, that's just kind of the week it is uh, once you start to get lower down in the price point here. Seamus Power. So Seamus Power is kind of a play that uh, a lot of people know I like to just ride a player until they kind of let me down. And so Seamus Power, someone that we've been on for a long time, you know, we had him for that victory that he had like three months ago now, um, a little bit before that. Uh, really only one missed cut mixed in there. So I'm not too worried about Seamus Power as a pick. 15th last week. 12th in, you know, fantasy points scored, 4th miscut, 11th. You know, that's good stuff there. So the two miscuts that he's had here, yes, that is worrisome. Kind of the fact that he did do well at the STOC last week gives me a little bit of encouragement. And the fact that he even played last week gives me encouragement. Don't have to worry about that adjustment as much. Uh, did make the cut here four years ago as well. Um, you know, decent staff at all around does score in the par five. So, you know, if we're, uh, if it's, Thursday and he's uh, done with his round and didn't score in the par fives. Probably done. Probably not making the cut. So uh, I do like him at that price point though. That's a solid price point. Um, you know, it's a kind of high risk, high reward, but that's kind of the players in this price point range. And then CEH, I really like Charles Howell the third this week. Three straight top 20 finishes, 19th, 12th, 8th, and then he had a 32nd place finish as well. Uh, he's also made three straight cuts in a row and one thing I always like to look for in a player is them having ascending finishes. Their finishes getting better. 
Okay, so for Charles Howell III, I'll pull him up here on the player tournament log here. Um, get rid of Webb, and I'll pull him up here. I always like to look for players that are ascending with their form. So that we see that. So 47th at the Shriners, 33rd at Al Chameleon, the Worldwide Technologies Championship, and then a 16th at the RSM Classic. So he's having better finishes. That kind of points to me. Uh, to tell me that he is getting better as kind of he's playing thus far this year. And so obviously I like that. that's going to be a good thing there from Charles Hall the third great course history, uh, six best in the field, uh, 15th in the model. And he's just a guy that typically does make the cut as well. So I do think we can get a made cut out of him. And remember, there's another player here at the end of the video that I'll mention that'll be a core play. Curious to see if you guys get it. All right, so moving down into that low tier price point tier, uh, I really like Brennan Steele and Curse Kirk at these price points. I mean, it's it's chasing upside a little bit, but man, I like it. So both of them have had top 10 finishes here in the last four years. Two top 10 finishes here over the last four years. Brennan Steele has finished fourth and second the last two years here. He actually has made three straight cuts in a row, which not the best finishes, okay? Uh, three straight made cuts in a row, and he still ranks out 29th in recent form, right? That tells you what you need to know there. Uh, but you know, solid course history, uh, overall decent stat fit, uh, not moving the needle too much, but 22nd you know, on this field, that's not that good. I guess they're kind of all bad after top 15, but still top 10 in the nine to five mile this week. Uh, that was Cam Smith as well last week. So maybe, maybe that'll be Brendan Steele this week, but I really like Chris Kirk here. So, uh, with Chris Kirk, I've said this a few times now, I feel like we can kind of write off a little bit of 2020 and 2019 results. He was going through some things personally. So I kind of write those off a little bit. Um, so he finished second and 10th in his other starts at this event. So not in the best recent form as well for uh, Chris Kirk, but he's a guy who we just kind of know who he is as a player. Um, this should be a good course for him. A little bit shorter track. Um, he's someone that, yeah, he should go out and play well at this track. And then Denny McCarthy, also another one of those players that, you know, in good recent form, we can see over his last three starts, Three top 15 finishes. I mean, that is absolutely spectacular. Four short make cuts in a row. Hasn't had a start here in the last four years, but, you know, ranking out top 27 in the nine to five miles. So we're getting some top 30 picks here at a lower price point, which I absolutely like. Let me get into KH Lee. So KH Lee, uh, you know, didn't do that well last week, but he did play last week. So at 7K to get a player that played last week, I do like that. And he's, he's been in good recent form, four straight make cuts in a row. Actually has been ball striking the ball really well. So in a week where ball striking is going to matter, you know, a little bit more, that's going to help him out a little bit more this week. Uh, decent in part five scoring, decent in better or better percentage, only a 59% chance to make the cut, but top 15 pick in the nine to five miles week. So yeah, uh, KH Lee, I don't really mind uh, as a low tier kind of lineup filler this week. All right, so now dropping down to the low tier, and then after this, we're going to get into the core plays for you. So the low tier price point tier, uh, there is one standout play. It's going to be Mark Hubbard. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I might have him as a core play later. Uh, I just really like the price point of him. 32nd, miscut, uh, H-rate make cuts in rows, but I really do like from him there. 53% uh, chance to make the cut. Obviously, that's not great, but still a pretty decent. Uh, Scott Piercy, three straight make cuts in a row. Kind of seems like he is going to have a bounce back season this year. Uh, he's made throughout the last four cuts here. Uh, you know, missed the cut last year. Last year was not a good year for him. I think he's going to have a bounce back year this year. Uh, not the best stat rank play either. It's just one of those plays where I think he's going to course correct a little bit from his season that he had last year. So, you know, if that holds up to be true, this is going to be a good price point for him. Kramer Hickok is a play that I like as well. Uh, 20th place finisher last year, 45th the year before that, miscut the year before that. 
Once again, not going to be the best at rank play. Uh, that's kind of the problem with this uh, value tier this week. Don't really think we have to dip this low. That's kind of nice because there's not that many studs that we have to pay up for. Obviously, I like Mark Leishman. I like Corey Connors, Webb Simpson, Sunjay M. But, you know, you can fill in with some of those other mid-tier price point plays and even the low-tier price point plays. I don't think we have to dip this low. But, you know, if we're thinking about that, Peter Malnati uh, makes, makes sense. A 14th and a 12th. I had him at the RSM Classic with him where he had the 40th place finish. Uh, he was riding some bad recent form um, prior to that make-up. That's kind of why I mentioned it. I want to pull up his uh, finishes prior to that. Peter Malnati pulling him up. Let's see. So, yeah, prior to that, though, a seven, and then a miscut, and then three straight mid-cuts. So I think we're catching him on, like, a made-cut part. And, you know, it's a little bit better track for him. Let's see how he does. Um, let's see if we can pull it up. Peter Malnati on short tracks. Length. He does a little bit better on short tracks there. Uh, average strokes gain total rank past year, 74th. Average strokes gain total rank on short tracks, 63rd. That's pretty good. Course designer does a little bit better on this course designer. So, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe there from Peter Malnati, we could see it. Uh, just interesting stuff there. But let's pivot now into the core plays. Let's get into it. So the first core play is going to be Corey Connors. I already mentioned him, but Corey Connors to me is just a spectacular play. Okay, 9.6 for Corey Connors is going to be a good price point. He is a safe cut maker, but I also think he has that top 10 upside. We can see his course history, a 12th, a 3rd, and a 39th over the last four years. Really like that. Also in some strong recent form, 22nd, 40th, 17th, and 22nd. So overall top 10 staff fit, really just checking all the boxes this week. Don't think you can go wrong with playing Corey Connors. And we get into Mark Leishman, also priced up a little bit, 10K, but man, he has had some good recent form as well. So we see that over his last five starts, he has three top 10 finishes. That is spectacular. Also a 19th and a 38th place finish. We can see here two out of his last four starts here have been top five finishes and zero missed cuts. Love to see that from him. He also is a top 10 staff at also projected to have a top 10 finish. Mark Leishman, I really like. Both Corey Connors and Mark Leishman, I could easily see winning this week. We move down to Billy Horschel. So Billy Horschel was the guy that I teased earlier in the mid-tier price point here. If you guys are watching the long-form video, if you guys are not, if you're just watching the core plays video, uh, I kind of highlighted the mid-tier. And I said, you know, there's one player in this price point here that I also think is going to be a core play. And that was Billy Horschel here. So we can see recent form-wise, you know, pretty good there from Billy Horschel. 23rd, 33rd, 9th, 50 seconds, not that good. Course history, he had a 7th place finish here last year. So we like that top 12 stat fit. Overall, you know, I don't really think he's going to dominate this week, but I do think he's kind of locked into a top 20 finish. So if he can get that at 8.7, absolutely love that. So we, we can see I'm kind of doing a safer approach here. You could easily go Corey Connors, Mark Leishman, Billy Horschel, and have a pretty solid pill going so far. And then we look at someone like Mark Hubbard. 6.6 is a great price point for him. I really like it. Uh, you know, so far, course history-wise, not the best. We don't love that, um, you know. 32nd and miscut. Don't love that. Staff fit wise, not the best staff fit either. Um, you know, that's the worry there with him. But overall, pretty good recent form. H-Rate make cuts in a row. Really don't want much out of him. Just want to get a top 40 finish pretty much. And then just plugging those four in here, I'm going to use the lineup tool to kind of show you guys what that would give you here. So Mark Leishman, Corey Connors, Billy Horschel. And then we're going to have to scroll down a little bit for uh, uh, Mark Hubbard there. Let's just say we played those four players. 
Obviously, we can close the build out a little bit differently there. Uh, average projected cut of 72% just out of those four. Um, once you start factoring in some other players that might uh, switch up, but pretty solid there. Uh, we can see just based off of those four players, course history average of 28th. That's all right. Recent form average of 24th. So that kind of tells you, hey, um, probably looking at some players, you know, kind of averaging right around uh, you know, 24th, which is not bad. This is all pretty good stuff here. Uh, projection for those four players combined, uh, 338 DK points. You know, not bad there. That's That's good enough. Um, but yeah, those are going to be the core plays there. I think it's going to be very safe with Mark Leishman, Corey Connors, and Billy Horschel. You could throw in some of the other players into a bill, possibly like, uh, uh, Chris Kirk, Danny McCarthy, uh, Brennan Steele. I'd be fine with that as well. But now we're going to pivot. We are going to get into a couple of the shoulder shrug plays here. So, I'm um, just going to be talking to you guys straight. So shoulder shrug plays, shoulder shrug plays are the players that you end up to close out your build. Okay. Um, it's pretty much the players where. You didn't really go out of your way to be on them, but you think they're fine. You think they're good enough. One of those players, pretty much two of those players to me are Adam Long and Denny McCarthy, pretty much for the same reason. So both of those guys have had really good cut streaks going right now. They both had three straight uh, tournaments in which they finished top 25 or better. Nothing really else indicates that they're going to have a stellar week except for that recent form. And if there's anything right now in this season, we do kind of want to chase that recent form. So Danny McCarthy and Adam Long, I do like. Then another one, kind of Joel Damon. So Joel Damon played last week. I do like to see that. Um, just kind of a good cut maker play. I like him as an option at his price point. Then I do want to talk about a little bit of betting here as well. So uh, for me, I do like the idea of just betting Mark Leishman, Corey Connors, Mark Hubbard. Okay, those are going to be great plays for you. Uh, you can get Mark Leishman at 16 to 1. You can get Corey Connors at 18 to 1. You get Mark Hubbard at 130 to 1. Okay, maybe just bet him to top 20. That's always the case with these. Okay, if you took the betting picks from last week and just bet him to top 10, you did well. Okay, uh, first round leader though, this one's very interesting. Chris Kirk, 65 to 1 to be the first round leader. He actually ranks out as the third best uh, first round leader. Uh, I think it was. Uh, Cam Smith one, Sanjay M two, and then Chris Kirk. That one really stood out to me like a sore thumb. So, you know, maybe, maybe has some upside there. Uh, don't go crazy with it, but you know, he's popping out as someone that should have a good uh, first round pretty much is, is what that means. So, you know, it might not be a bad bet for you. And then kind of sticking with those shoulder shrug plays a little bit, uh, Denny McCarthy plus 330 to top 20. I like that a lot. You can look at CH as well. Uh, CH is a guy that's checking all the boxes this week. Uh, sort of, sort of. Uh, good recent form, good course history. Get him plus 220 to top 20. I think that's going to be pretty solid for him. But real quick, let's get into a couple of fades as well. So I still have this pulled up. Let me get out of here, and then we'll talk about a couple of fades. So the first player I'm going to talk about fading is actually going to be Kevin Na, the defending champ, and that's really kind of the main reason why I'm going to be fading him. A lot of times with these defending champs is their time gets eaten up a little bit more by the media. Their week kind of gets thrown off. Their retune kind of gets thrown off a little bit. And the reason why I don't love the fade too much is yeah, the 13th place last week. I mean, the 13th place finish last week is pretty good. Um, but you look at his course history, he had a miscut in his prior uh, start here. He's made two cuts in a row. He's a pretty good staff at all, all around. Um, like, not a bad pick. I mean, ranks out top 25 in the model, but 9.9, I think it's just a little bit too much to pay up for him. And then that's kind of the deal with DFS sometimes. It's like you kind of just got to 
do who is the best options are in a price point range. And this week, I just don't think that's going to be Kevin Na for us. So I really can't go with Kevin Na this week. And then just talking about a couple of other uh, fades as well. Uh, Jason Kokrak, and I don't know how I feel about this one just yet. If he's going to be someone that's actually like low owned, I might jump on him. Okay. So he has made two cuts here. Um, you know, naturally after a win, you don't really expect a player to go out and have a good week. Um, I didn't have him in my player pool last week. Didn't really rank out that well in compared to where he's priced. Now this week, 8.6 for a guy that does have, you know, I think winning upside. We can see those key stats. I mean, that's pretty good. Top 25 or better and birdie or better percentage, ball striking and par five scoring. Not the best strokes can tee to green right now, but 70% chance to make the cut. Yes. Okay. Um, this is one of those things where I want to see ownership right now, as it sits, I'm much more comfortable playing Billy Horschel, uh, CH, Russell Henley, McNeely power. I think those guys have just as much upside and they're just not as risky at the moment. And then two other picks here as well that I'm going to be fading. It's going to be EVR, Eric Van Ruyen. And that kind of goes against my rule of, you know, players out of play last week have a little bit of an advantage, but missed cut here last year. Um, his made cuts have not all been that good. You know, 25th last week, not that good. Uh, 54th at the Houston Open, not that good. He's just priced up a little bit too much for me. And I saw 45th in the 9 to 5 miles. So, yeah, he should be someone that makes the cut. I just don't think we're getting that much leverage on him this week at all. And then Zach Johnson. So, Zach Johnson, a lot of name value. He is someone that does do a lot better on short tracks. Okay, so if he makes the cut, not going to be too shocking. Actually has pretty good course history. Three out of the last four uh, events here, he's made the cut. Two straight made cuts. The thing with Zach Johnson is he's just not playing well lately. Um, he should make the cut here, though. It is a shorter track, and that's why I'm kind of having a fade as a 7.2K play. I think he's going to be a little bit popular, uh, but he only ranks 78th in the 95 model. Once again, I think we can get a little bit more upside kind of at the same price point. And so for me, Zach Johnson is going to be a fade this week. But that is all I have for you guys for this video. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know it's a long one, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys are listening to the podcast version, I do appreciate that as well. Um, yeah. If you guys enjoy this video, always, you know, give a thumbs up, leave a comment, try to help out the video. You know, I appreciate that a lot. If you guys are new, you know, definitely make sure to subscribe. You guys want to join 95 Nation, your one-stop shop in PJDFS, home to some of the best models in fantasy golf, especially that showdown stuff, man, guys. It is good. Uh, check it out. You know, I put a lot of work into it, and it's really just for you guys. $10 a month, um, best value in PJDFS out there. Um, pretty much gives you everything you need. All the data is curated for you. If you guys don't want that, we had the player tournament log out there as well. Lineup optimizer available for you guys as well. But that's all I have for you guys. Enjoy, and as always, let's keep cashing.